You're listening to the Ohio Conference Cast, where we explore topics related to the workings of Ohio Conference. Here are your hosts, Bill Seymour and Thomas Dunn. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio Conference Cast. My name is Hannah Troyer. I'm happy to be filling in for Bill this week. <laughs> and this is Thomas Dunn. I'm also happy to have Hannah filling in for Bill. Bill is on the other side of the world in Tanzania. And right now, Hannah and I are at the International Institute in Akron with Roland Mukanza. So, Roland, welcome. Hi, I'm Roland Mukanza. I'm originally from Congo, particularly in Kinshasa, and I'm a Mennonite. I grew up as a Mennonite. My father and mother were Mennonite ministers. Uh, they had a training in Elkhart, Indiana. I worked for MCC in Congo, YDT, they call him, with MCC at that time, and Youth Discover Team. And also, uh, I was a VIP, Visitor Exchange Program, mm-hmm. in 82, that long ago. Way 1982. Back, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a long time ago. We, so We won't ask you how old you are. <laughs> I can say, but it's okay. I'm not going to tell. How did I end up back in the U.S.? In 99, no, 89, no, 99, I came back to go to school. I went to Bluffton, and I graduated from Bluffton with the business administration. Uh, I was supposed to go back to Congo, but the things, the political situation in Congo was not um, stable, so I stayed here and applied for a green card. I I got my green card, so uh, and then I started my life here. I'm married. I have two daughters. How did I end up from uh, to International Institute? I was volunteering here at International Institute, and then I heard that the Congolese were coming. Let's let's take a step back. What what is the International Institute? Oh. And maybe we can take a step back further because we said Akron, and all the Mennonite people out there, when they hear Akron, they're going to think of a different Akron. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Now, uh, this is Akron, Ohio. <laughs> International Institute is an agency, a nonprofit organization, actually an agency that resettle refugees that come um, from overseas. And uh, here in Akron, we are resettling uh, Congolese, we have Na- Bhutanese, many people call them Nepali, but they are Bhutanese. Mm-hmm. And we have Syrians, we have some Iraqi, and uh, we have Afghans, and we have people from Burma. And those are the countries that so far we have resettled here. I may miss one or two countries, but <laughs> those are the countries right now that we're serving. Basically, International Institute for Akron is a resettlement agency. And Hannah, you are the closest Ohio Conference person to here, right? And you've had some involvement? Yeah, I suppose I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I live here in Akron. Yeah, I have had some really good connections with some of the international community here in Akron, and it's been really good to have that, uh, especially for me, I feel like Jesus really calls us to these people specifically, and, and to be here in Akron and have such an access to serve those people. I think it's it's really been cool to, to be here and see that, have that opportunity. Definitely, definitely. Um 
it's a rewarding uh, kind of uh, job that I have. I feel good uh, serving uh, the the refugees that we get, and uh, even though we serve them in a very short period of time, it makes you feel good, and you can see God work in 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 people, and it, it's a job that humbles you, and it's a it's a job that. I'll bring compassion out of you. And it's a job that you you see um, Christ in works. And you get to pray for these people. You get to see them the next day. You get to see the changes. And you you, you get to see the growth in them. And so I enjoy it very much. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your job here at the International Institute then. My job here have changed several times. Uh, I started as a volunteer, and then I became an interpreter. Okay. And then I, I became a resettlement case manager. That means when the refugee comes the first time, you get the bio information, you prepare how you're going to receive them at the airport, you prepare, you find the housing for them, mm-hmm. and you prepare if they have medical uh, problems, you already have contacts or set up appointments and stuff like that for them. And you prepare how you're going to set up all the benefits for them. That means you're going to get the Social Security for them. You're going to get Medicaid for them. You're going to get uh, food stamps. And depending on the composition of the family, either you can uh, get cash assistance and food stamp and all that stuff. Most of them have they get some sort of cash assistance that would start them to paying housing mm-hmm. and getting some food, uh, that kind of stuff. When they first come, the government only give $1,100 per person that is coming. Okay. Okay. And with that resettlement money, that's why we get housing for them. And you get to pay first month rent and deposit before they get here. Hmm. So, and then they get here, they have a place to, to to stay the next, the first night that they get here, the first day they get here, yes. So after the election, uh, Trump was elected, and, and then there was a travel ban from all the Muslim countries that President Trump uh, named, but that didn't that just affect those countries. It affected the refugee system um, in general hmm. because the president sets how many, the amount of people or the amount of refugee that will come that year. So he has reduced it to, uh, significantly. So uh, we're not receiving many. Then my job changed. Um, resettlement case manager, I became uh, a PC case manager. Case, PC this just means social work. Okay. U.S. Shurai, which is U.S. Commission for Refugee and Immigrant, uh, decided they want to call it preferred community instead of social work. And that's where I am. So I get in a resettlement, you get to work with the client just for three months. Mm-hmm. But in my department, it's an extended service for our client. And I get to work with the clients for one year before I can close the case. And what's it mean when you close the case? That means they're on their own or are they getting sent back to 
where they came from. So when uh, it, it depends in the resettlement, we are required to acclimate the client just in ninety days. That is three months. So with within that period of time, you get to set all the benefits: getting them a housing, getting him them a job, getting them um, social security benefits, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Medicaid and all that stuff. So in 90 days, they're supposed to be adjusted to our, <laughs> our culture, but it is not. And then, but we give them a lot of information at that in, within the three months. We give them cultural orientation. We teach them how to take the bus, public bus. We show them where the post office is, pharmacies, um, libraries. And so things that will start them, you know, uh, how to, to move around and how to, uh, to get these resources and local resources. And that is only 90 days. In my department now where I am in PC, uh, basically I'm working with people that are very, very vulnerable. Those cannot adjust very well. People who have sickness, illnesses. And uh, people have mental health, and uh, so those are the, the 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 kind of refugees that I'm working with. It sounds like you do a lot, a lot, <laughs> um, and in a short in a short period of time, right? Um, and and often it sounds like that that period of time not, might not be adequate to really adjust them to the society here. So, do you rely a lot on? volunteers or people in the community like how do you kind of fill those gaps yeah we use a lot of uh, local resources and we do have a lot of volunteers that come here some of the volunteers that we have we use them for for example we call them uh, mentors Uh, the mentors will come in and they will go uh, for example i can use a mentor instead of my clients coming all the time with all the communication from job and family service, a lot of letters and stuff like that. And our client gets sanctioned a lot of time because they come to from a cultural way. Timing is not a, really a priority. Mm-hmm. So here, job and family wants them to respond to mail or don't want them to do something. And then they don't understand it. And most of them don't speak English. So if they don't respond, they get sanctioned. So that means they can't get the cash. Mm. They can't get. So I am as an advocate, I have to find ways that I can find when they don't get the cash. That means they're not going to be able to pay rent that much that month. And then if they don't pay rent, there's a fear that they could be evicted from the house. There's a lot we do. And those are, have mental, we have to find uh, clinicians, psychiatrists, psychologists, mm-hmm. and refer them and follow up how they're doing and stuff like that, which is not rare. It's really frequent. Most of the refugees, they come, they, 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 they have some sort of mental illnesses from what they have experienced yeah. and uh, from what they they've gone through during their, their life and there's a lot of dramatic issues that come but it's not only what they have experienced and what they get when they get here like i just mentioned the fear of getting losing that cash assistant that they get and they're not going to be able to pay, pay house housing and then they feel like they're going to be on the street mm-hmm. and uh, especially the people are a little bit older 
that come if they can't work, but the young ones we can find them work in the factories, which most of them we send them to factories to work. And uh, if they have children, of course we enroll them to school, in school local schools here in Akron and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Yes. So the reason that we know Rollin or came across you is because of our esteemed regional pastor Ralph Reinford. Correct. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you and Ralph cross paths, and Ralph is on sabbatical right now, or else he'd be here in the room with us. Uh, but tell us a little bit about that connection. Well, um, there's a pastor, a Mennonite pastor up in Cleveland, uh, Pastor um, Fuke. He prays out there in Cleveland. I think he went to one of the, I'm sure, probably to a Brethren Church, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he mentioned that he was a Mennonite pastor. So, so Pastor Fuke is a refugee. He's a refugee from Congo. From Congo. Okay. And he came through Tanzania. Okay. And he was a resettled in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And he was attending a church. Mm-hmm. And then the brother oh, from that church, uh, they learned that he was a Mennonite and they connected him somehow with Roth. It was through Lee Heights Community Church. Lee Heights, right. Yeah. Lee Heights. Mm-hmm. And then Lee Heights connected him with Ralph. Mm-hmm. And he, Pastor Fuke mentioned that he had other Mennonite brothers and sisters in Akron. Actually, there's a bigger community of Mennonites in Akron. So he wanted to pray with them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ralph was searching to see how he can connect with the Mennonite here, the refugee Mennonite in Akron. So he called International Institute, and somehow he landed on my extension. <laughs> I picked up the phone. It was Ralph, and this is that Mennonite. You see, I said Mennonite. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we started talking, and he finally came out. We met in my office. And uh, he told me um, that he was going in sabbatical and he would like to meet the community here. So I informed the pastors that we have here and organized the way that we can have you that Sunday. Both of you came on the 20th of was it March? May. May. Yeah. 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 That's how we got to uh, connect with Ralph. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So May 20th, like Roland mentioned, there's. A form of like a delegation from Ohio Conference. So Hannah, you got to help me with names here. Hannah was there. I was there. <laughs> Thomas was there. Yeah. So <laughs> Bill was and, there. And his wife Allison. Bill and Allison were there. Right. Uh, Phil Rich. Phil Rich was there. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Phil Rich is from Archibald Zion Mennonite. Right. But he knew you. Yes. And when I mentioned I was visitor exchange program with MCC. I was in Archibald in 82. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Phil then, and I lived with another family, not Phil, but another family, which attended uh, Zion Mennonite Church. Mm-hmm. So I was attending the church with them then. Yeah. So from, And I was in Archibald for six months. And after six months, I went to Goshen for another six months. So the visitor exchange program is for one year. So um, that year, I spent that year in the U.S., both in Goshen and Archibald. Yeah. And then Greg Battle was here from Lee Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken, Columbus? Uh, he's Lee Heights in uh, Cleveland. In Cleveland, that's right. Yeah. And then Ken Sims was here from Columbus. That's mm-hmm. right. That's and right. Greg Troyer, I think, from Lee Heights. 
and it was it was a it was an awesome Sunday. It was Pentecost Sunday. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. And so yeah, we were there and <laughs> got to just really experience like such an amazing worship service and. I kind of knew going into it that it was going to be in, you know, an African worship service, so I shouldn't plan anything else for the afternoon. (laughs) But, and like I, you know, as we kind of sat there, I realized, like, I didn't even realize how the time was passing because it was just, I was so enthralled with such a beautiful service. So after the the worship service that that was, it was an amazing worship service. It was long, but it was good. Yeah. We, the, the leaders of the, Akron Swahili Community Church right. sat down with with the folks from from Ohio Conference, and mm-hmm. we did our best through translation. Which is, and, and actually, Roland, you said the language was Swahili, mm-hmm. but that's not actually. You don't speak Swahili, right? No, I don't speak Swahili. So at our our meeting after the church, the translation was kind of rough. I mean, it was we we did our best. We had a couple yeah. people there that that could speak some Swahili and some English. The leaders of the, the church here, the Akron Swahili Community Church, they are Mennonites, and they were saying, we want to be a part of Ohio Conference. Was, right. I mean, is that the message you heard, too? Yeah, that's a message. I didn't know. They wanted to be with the Mennonite, mm-hmm. but they didn't know. They don't know the difference between which conference, what yeah. conference. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they, for them, Mennonite is Mennonite, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, so when I tell them that, yeah, the uh, Ohio conference would like to 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 meet with uh, their Mennonites, be okay, yeah, they just they Mennonites. So mm-hmm. it's hard to explain to them uh, the conferences and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's hard yeah. to explain to me too, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's confusing. Yeah. So I mean, part of the reason for this podcast is to educate the whole conference is that we we have this potential relationship here in our midst of a mm-hmm. group of, of Congolese refugees that are worshiping together in mm-hmm. Akron right. that have, you know, our, our sisters in the faith, sisters and brothers in the faith. And we kind of had this first meeting together that Ralph helped to set up. And now basically after that meeting, we, <laughs> the most that we could get to is say, well, we will pray for you. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So I would say for everyone listening to this podcast, please remember that community in prayer and tell your, your pastor or your worship leader to put it in the bulletin yeah. um, that we, we want to, have the whole conference praying for this because I think there's a ton mm-hmm. of potential ways that we can learn from each other and it's exciting to think about. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. They know uh, some of the history of the Mennonite uh, through Menno Simon and all that, so they know that. The young one may not know, but uh, most of the, the pastors and the, the, the people there, they know uh, about that. So the Mennonite churches around here, that's the first thing they wanted to know mm-hmm. uh, because... Uh, it's kind of hard because they are Baptist and Presbyterian churches around here in Church of Christ, around uh, here North Akron, North mm-hmm. Hill, mm-hmm. Um, wanted to welcome them and wanted them to go there and worship and stuff like that. And uh, they tried to go here and there, but uh, they didn't feel home. So they wanted to have their own place of worship. And they came to me because I didn't know among them there were people went to biblical uh, schools mm-hmm. and um, so they came I said well who's going to lead who wants to be a pastor oh we have pastors I said really I didn't know this so <laughs> I started looking around so and asking places where we can find a place where they can start worship so we find a place uh, through uh, the Church of Christ here that they they rent a small place down in the basement where we were on the twentieth of May. They rent that space and they couldn't worship in the morning. 
and they only worship in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So they start the worship uh, around two o'clock until they have the the space until five, mm -hmm. five five thirty. Yeah, so uh, that's where they worship, and uh, they have like a. Two, three pastors here, and uh, Pastor Fuke comes times to times from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whenever he can find transportation to come, he will love to come here. Mm -hmm. And um, we have um, a little bit of hymn books mm -hmm. uh, in Swahili. Although I would say it doesn't sound like a hymn. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> don't, don't think hymnal like what <laughs> we sing on a Sunday morning. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But... It depends. That sounded the song they chose. You, I couldn't even tell myself if they were him, but uh, and they composed their own songs. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Of course, with the verses from the Bible, they learn from that. They compose the song and they will play it. Wow. And becomes more popular among them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of potential there. If anybody else who want to come and uh, experience. Uh, the worship uh, with the, the Congolese church. I uh, will urge people to be patient. <laughs> I will urge people to not follow exact or uh, an organization that you are used to. People, things could be chaotic at times because it's a learning process and they take things sometimes casually, but nevertheless, but they are they're worshiping God. If someone listening to this podcast, one of those 12 listeners, yeah, 12. <laughs> 12. which happens to be me and my husband. Yeah, so now we're down to um, 11 since you're not listening. Right. Um, <laughs> if someone is is feeling like maybe they want to connect or um, they want to know what next steps um, uh, they can take, do you have um, any concrete steps that, that people might be able to take to kind of come alongside this church or this, this kind of mission? Ralph asked me that kind of question. It's kind of a big question. It's kind of a hard question to answer. First of all, they wanted to find the other Mennonite. Mm -hmm. Now, they found the other Mennonite. They found us, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, they are thrilled about that, and they are very happy about it. What next, what they need, it's kind of hard to ask them, somebody, what do you need? And, and uh, not to be told psychological about it or anything there's they're human and they have some pride they have and and it may they may not even know what and one answer that i would throw out you asked roland I'll, I'll give an ohio conference answer i think ohio conference needs a swahili english bilingual speaker Absolutely. um yes. so we we've already contacted mcc about a potential ivepper that could could come to our area that would have that but if any of you out there listening have experience in, in any Swahili-speaking country and know, know Swahili yourself or know someone who knows Swahili and English, um, just to send them to Akron for a weekend and we can meet with that church and have, have translation, uh, that would be a huge, a huge um, gift yes. to us. Yes. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to give to Ohio Conference, to our listeners? And um, all I'm going to say is um, – uh, the community in general is very, very happy um, to know that uh, finally they have found uh, some Mennonites out there and how to relate to the uh, the American Mennonites versus the Congolese, that we don't know. And uh, it's, like I said, it's a hard question. 
and how to develop it. It's just a matter of uh, praying for the community here and visiting and getting to know them. And then the, I think the need will show itself. And um, by knowing somebody, probably you would know what the person's needs are and stuff like that. But to talk about the church is good, it's growing among the refugees that are getting. Well, thank you, Roland, for, for joining us and for all the work you're doing here at the International Institute and helping make those connections with Ralph. We're, yep. we're excited. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm very happy to to be living in this community also. If anyone's feeling led to move to Akron, I know some houses that are for sale. It's cheap to live here. Yeah. Um, we've got a few good Mennonites here. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Ohio Conference Cast. We would like to hear from you. You can email us at ohioconferencecast at gmail.com with any topics or questions you would like us to explore. 